We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. Jason, we have some more Bulls roster news. The Bulls signing three players over the long weekend. And three former Toronto Raptors, Alizé Johnson. Uh, he's coming over from the Brooklyn Nets most recently. Uh, former second round pick by the Indiana Pacers out of Missouri State back in, I think, 2015. Uh, so Alizé Johnson coming aboard to the Bulls. That's a guy who could have a pretty decent. Uh, I'm sorry, Alizé Johnson was in the uh, 2018 draft, but anyway, Stanley was 2015. Stanley Johnson was 2015. He's the next guy the Bulls signed. Yeah. Stanley Johnson. He was in the 2015 draft. He was a top 10 overall pick out of Arizona. If you guys have been familiar with my work for a long time, you might remember I loved Stanley Johnson when he was coming into the draft, high lottery pick. Uh, my hot take that year was that Stanley Johnson was going to be a better player than Justice Winslow. Well, both guys, those guys turned out to be very good, so uh, that's okay. But he's coming aboard, too. Potentially is the last guy in the Bulls roster. And then they also signed Matt Thomas, a shooter out of Iowa State, who once played his college ball for Fred Hoiberg oh. as a training camp invitee. Uh, pure shooter Matt Thomas. Will he make the roster? Maybe. The Bulls could definitely use some more shooting deep on the bench. And Matt Thomas is a dude who is sort of a one-dimensional player, and that one dimension is shooting the hell out of the ball. So <laughs> uh, pretty exciting moves for the Bulls this week, I thought, Chase. I thought that, you know, we harped on uh, a lack of beef inside. We harped on sort of a lack of a backup four. Uh, and Alizé Johnson, I think, fills those needs. Stanley Johnson has wing depth. Uh, so pre- pretty enticing, I think, uh, to see what they did with these final few roster spots. What were your thoughts, Jason, just when you heard the news? And uh, how are you feeling about, you know, the Bulls on the margins this year, <laughs> which has always been a hot topping of yeah. conversation on our podcast? Right, yeah. I mean, so first of all, I'm mean, just going back. Uh, we all wanted to call Millsap. He's going to the Nets. And then they're getting Lamarcus Aldridge back, it looks like, as well. Uh, so the Nets basically just loading up their ridiculous roster, stealing guys from the Bulls. So 
I guess the Bulls did do well to at least like rebound from that. Like Stanley Johnson, like you said, dis- relative disappointment uh, given his draft status as the, the number eight pick uh, for the Detroit Pistons in 2015. I think this will be his fourth team. I think he played briefly for the Pelicans. He was with the Raptors the last couple seasons. Uh, six, six. I mean, talk about beef. He's obviously not the tallest guy, but he's like two forty. Uh, and I didn't realize like he played, I was, when I was just like writing about this, looking up, uh, he played, I mean, he's basically like a, almost like, now I wouldn't say full-time small ball four, but he played over half his minutes as a small ball four for the Raptors last year. He played like seven or 8% of his minutes at, as a small ball five for the Raptors. Uh, that's according to basketball reference. Obviously that's not the always the most perfect thing, but the guy's basically a, a small ball like front court wing type guys. I mean, it does kind of maybe kind of similar to Derek Jones Jr. What we've kind of been looking for from him. I mean, even Pat, the Bulls just have a bunch of like these six, six to like six, eight, six, nine dudes. I mean, uh, Alize, I, I, I meant to look at, is it Alize? I, I, I've always thought it was Elise. Is it Alize Johnson? I meant to look this up before we did this podcast and, I believe it's Alize. Okay. Yeah. I'm honestly not sure, but I mean, him too. He's six, seven bouncy dude, incredible rebound rate. Didn't play much for the Pacers. Didn't play a whole lot for the Nets last year, but I think he had five rebounds a game in like his like 10 minutes per game. Just like another athlete. Just so they have a bunch of these, just like again, six, six to like six, seven, six, eight, six, nine dudes who aren't exactly like big men, but like they can play up positions so, like, it certainly seems like the Bulls are going to be playing a ton of small ball, given the uh, the makeup of their roster right now. We know DeRozan played, like, two-thirds of his minutes last year as a four for the Spurs. I mean, Pat is kind of like a small ball four, like a hybrid guy. Just a lot of, like, combo hybrid forward type players on the roster, which, uh, I mean, I don't have an issue with that necessarily. You did mention the lack of shooting at the back end of the roster uh, in general. And that is interesting because I feel like there was like a, pri- uh, they kind of prioritize prioritized shooting a bit more last year. Like, I mean, they kept Denzel, they had like arch. And now this year, when you look at the back half of the roster, I mean, there's just no shooting. Once you get past like Caruso and Kobe off the bench. Uh, I mean, ne- neither of the guys they signed the two guys, the two main guys they signed here, Matt Thomas, as you mentioned, probably a training camp guy might not make the team. We haven't actually seen, I don't think a, like confirmation whether Stanley's get contract is definitely guaranteed. I feel like the way Casey was talking about it yesterday in his like column and his tweet that it seemed like he's got like a one-year guaranteed deal. Uh, but that doesn't seem, I'm not sure if that's totally positive yet. They could easily, obviously, depending on what happens in camp, uh, depending on what happens in preseason, they could waive a guy, eat a, a minimum contract. Maybe Matt Thomas impresses. Maybe Matt Thomas gets a two-way contract. They still have that. But going back to the shooting point, you look at like, past Kobe and Caruso, I mean, you got, uh, they drafted Io. Can't really shoot, at least not at an NBA level. Troy Brown Jr., Derek Jones Jr., these two Johnsons. Uh, you have Bradley, Marco Simonovic. Build is kind of a stretch guy, but he did not look like a shooter in summer league. So, like, they really have no plus shooters once you get past their, the first couple guys off the bench. Uh, and it seems like they prioritize instead, like, defensive versatility, athleticism. This team has a ton of athleticism. I think, uh, and Casey wrote about this in his column. Like, it seems like they're going to play fast. I mean, you bring Lonzo in, you definitely take advantage of his transition play. You have Levine, who's obviously an incredible athlete. Jones Jr., I mean, Caruso is a good athlete as well. It seems like they're going to play fast. They're going to play small a lot. And uh, I mean, I can't, I'm not going to say that it's, it's going to be it's like an issue, like the fact that they don't really have much shooting at the back end of the roster. Uh, we'll see how they do defensively. Because I, I know defense has been kind of a, a looming concern for – we've talked about that. Others have – I think a lot of people are still skeptical about the Bulls because of the possibility of them struggling defensively. Uh, so we'll see if how they mix and match these guys, how the rotations build out. To have depth guys 
like to have uh, these two Johnson guys as like the end of your roster. Like, I think that's totally fine. I mean, just think of the bums of the bulls have had on the end of the roster. I totally forgot about Javante Green, another non-shooter. So they, again, not much, not much shooting there at the end of the roster, but to, to get Stanley Johnson, even as a disappointing player, given his draft status, if you're getting him on the minimum or whatever, and he's at the end of your bench, he's like your 13, 14 van or something. Sure. Why not? And then the same as the other Johnson, Elise Johnson, like energy guys, some, some potential there as a rebounder, maybe some potential there as a small ball five. Um, the Bulls certainly have their flaws. They're not perfect. I would like a bit more shooting at the back end of the, of the roster, but I mean, overall, obviously a huge talent infusion co- compared to previous years. Uh, and I can't really complain too much about that. Can we take a moment of silence for Ryan Archidiakono, <laughs> Denzel Valentine, Cristiano Sky Point. None of them will most likely ever see an NBA floor again. I mean, I'm not rooting against. I, I, them. I saw, I saw the Cavs might have some interest in Denzel. That'd be hilarious if you went to the Cavs. <laughs> and there's a list on the Athletic right now that lists Denzel as one of the best available free agents. So I have no ill will against any of those guys. Is a fan of the Bulls, I am quite pleased that I no longer have to watch any of them <laughs> play basketball again. Uh, they're not taking up minutes on a 15 man roster. And that rocks because those guys offered no upside. They should have been replaced heading into last off season, but credit the bulls new front office for fully remaking the roster, both at the top end in terms of getting DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo ball and on the margins by filling out the roster, uh, the end of the bench with these moves today. I'm actually pretty excited for Alizé Johnson. And when I looked at the Bulls, one thing I thought they needed was just a little more beef inside. I did a podcast with Big Dave, yep. All Sports, one of the best Bulls podcasts around. Big Dave was on Bulls Outsiders. Uh, I'm going to call him a legendary Chicago media personality. <laughs> and one thing Dave and I were talking about on that podcast is that the Bulls needed another goon. They didn't really have a goon on the bench. And that just sort of like seemed it. like uh, you know, a missing piece for the team. Alizé Johnson can kind of be that guy, I think, because his skill set is sort of what we would call a garbage man. He's going to be uh, the hard hat and lunch pail guy. I'm sure Stacey King's going to say that about him a hundred times this year. <laughs> Great rebounder, really good putback guy, scores efficiently, had a 2021 game this year playing for the Brooklyn Nets against the Pacers. Kevin Durant had some really nice things to say about him. Uh, so he's a six, seven forward, relatively bouncy, like not a great athlete. I guess his not, not like a super outlier athlete. I should say, I guess his defining quality is that he hustles and he hits the glass. He's a really good rebounder, uh, and just always seems to have sort of a nose for the ball. So he's not a guy who's like freakishly long. I think he has a sub six ten wingspan, which sort of hurts his ability to play small ball five. Maybe he'll still be used there somewhat. Uh, But I think that he can get some serious minutes on this team this year, because besides for Vooch and Tony Bradley, the Bulls don't have anyone else resembling a big. Now they have him. And then with Stanley Johnson, I think it comes back to something we talked about going into this offseason, which is that the Bulls needed to badly overhaul their wing depth. Now, here's their wing depth, Jason. We got Troy Brown, Derek Jones, Jones Jr., Stanley Johnson, you got Alizé playing the four, you still got Javante Green. So you finally have some decent bodies on the wings this year. Uh, Certainly, I don't think you want like Stanley Johnson or Javante Green playing serious minutes. No, you don't. At least those guys bring something to the table. With Javante Green, it's his athleticism. With Stanley Johnson, it's his defense. 
And yeah, as I alluded to earlier, I was a big fan of Stanley Johnson in the 2015 draft. He had a legendary high school career out in the state of California, uh, won four straight state titles, was a five-star recruit, uh, had a reputation for always rising to the occasion on the grassroots circuit. So I was huge on Stanley Johnson. You mentioned he's 240 pounds. I believe he was listed at 240 pounds in college too. Like as a 19 year old, he was a man child. That's what I would always write about Stanley Johnson is this dude's a man child. Why has he disappointed in the NBA after being a top 10 pick? His offense well, he totally sucks on offense. Yeah, he's got basically Ex- offensive Except game. he did have 35 points against the Bulls in a game last season. Right. <laughs> so he struggles to finish inside. Like, while he is, like, a good – he has an interesting mix of athleticism because I think he has – good lateral quickness for a guy with that size and that strength, but he doesn't have a lot of vertical pop. And it's weird because he's got super long arms. He's a seven foot wingspan guy. That's why you've seen him slide further and further up the lineup now all the way to a small ball five at times last season for Toronto. Uh, But he can't finish. He has no touch. He can't really jump. So that hinders him a bit, but you know, defensively, I think he's pretty much as good as I thought he was going to be defensively. Like, my evaluation of him coming into that draft is that this dude's going to be, you know, a borderline all NBA level defender, like a really, really solid wing defender. And then offensively, I was like, I don't know, he's young. He'll probably, you know, develop uh, some avenue towards scoring. And instead, his offense is totally stagnated. He hasn't been able to score whatsoever in the league, but he's sick on defense. He really gets after you. So I think that that's just going to be like a nice dimension to have to the team, like a guy with a little bit of a nasty streak in him who can guard maybe three to four different positions. Like, I think you can slide him from a two to then like certain center matchups because uh, he is really strong and he's relatively long, even though he's six, seven. So uh I like I liked all three of these signings, to be honest. I, I think that Stanley Johnson is unlikely to get serious minutes. He's going to be on the end of the bench with Javante Green and with Io. But I do think Alizé can carve out a little bit of a role. And especially if there's an injury in the front court, like he's someone who you could see suddenly take on a lot of responsibility. And, you know, we'll see how Billy dishes out the minutes. But uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting bench just because there's finally some fresh blood on there. And as you alluded to, they have sort of an interesting makeup where they don't, Alizé is sort of the only nominal four that they have. Everyone else, it's like Derek Jones Jr. is like basically a two guard, but he's athletic and long enough to play the four. The Bulls are apparently planning on playing him at the four. I keep forgetting about Simonovich in this too. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't have any expectations for him. Like I was not, not that impressed in summer league. He's obviously a rookie. Uh, I mean, maybe he does impress like in camp and preseason, but like I would, I mean, he's probably been an end of bench guy too. Like, yeah. like you mentioned, the end of the bench is probably Green, Io, Mark, the rookies, Green, probably Stanley. Like, Alice is probably your backup four, unless they like are going to go with DeRozan as the backup four. But uh, I don't think they want to do. I, I would assume they don't want to do that. Like all the like, I think they'll like default to that probably in, the, in some of their best lineups with DeRozan at the four. Uh, but I don't know if they wanted him to be like to play as much four as he did last season, like he did for the Spurs when he was basically a full time four. I mean, maybe that will be the plan, but I would assume, yeah, like, it will. It, it will just be very interesting, just because all so many again, so many of these guys you have like these like the similar size, uh, kind of just like hybrid dudes. It'll be like you said, it'll be interesting. So you know what that tells me? They're just going to gas up the pace. Yeah. And the Bulls are going to push, push, push. Because, yeah, they just got a bunch of wings. And they're going to play these wings at the four. 
I think that that's the plan, yep. obviously. And when the bench is in, you're just going to crank up the pace. So I think that what's going to be interesting to watch this year is how Billy mixes and matches. And the staggering. Yeah. Levine and DeRose, right? So, uh, and then, you know, throw Lonzo in there too. But there should never be a time when the Bulls don't have one of those top three guys on the floor, like just given the makeup of the bench. Yeah. I think what you have is guys who can speed it up when Vucevic is off the floor and you play with Tony Bradley. Basically, with Bradley and Vucevic, the Bulls have two drop bigs. Everyone else around them is sort of a long, switchy wing. So that's kind of how they're going to play like, you know, four out one in with, uh, you know, two rollers Vucevic, obviously he can pick and pop very well. He's turned into a 40% three point shooter this past year. Uh, but you got like two actual bigs and then you got a bunch of wings around him. So it'll be exciting. I think that they are going to have a lot of, uh, lineups where it's like Zach Lonzo in the bench or Vucevic DeRozan in the bench. And it's going to be cool to watch, uh, you know, the young guys get supporting roles in those lineups and uh, see how they can do. And then, of course, I'm also going to be tracking just like how does that starting lineup and, you know, the closing lineup, we assume it's going to be Caruso and for Pat. How do how do those guys actually gel together, too? It'll be fun to see them anchor lineups with the bench and then let's see them play together, because that's why the Bulls made these moves over anything else. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The starts will be interesting and how the starting lineup works well together. It was obviously the last couple of years, it's like. With all the young guys, the starting lineup is brutal. They'd always get off the rough starts. Hopefully that's different. And then, yeah, the closing, how they do close will be very interesting to see. I mean, even like whenever Kobe comes back, we'll, it seems like he's doing pretty well in his rehab. It'll be interesting to see how he gets worked into all of this as well. Uh, they need some, yeah, they, I mean, he, they need some offensive juice off the bench, and he's yeah. the one guy who can provide it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yep, absolutely. Uh, will be definitely fascinating. I think to the roster, it, it's just, it is nice to just have all these different guys to talk about, all these different guys to watch, and not just the same old boring crap. Like you mentioned gassing up the pace. Got, it does seem like they are really going to try to do that. I mean, you might as well. you got to take advantage of these guys' skill sets. And when you have athleticism, when you have a guy like Lon, you bring a guy like Lonzo in, uh, you have you're playing a lot of small ball. I mean, you, they better be ready to play fast. And I'm pretty sure they played. I can't remember what the, their pace was last year. I think they started fast, and then when they brought Vooch in, I'm pretty sure they slowed it down. But 
We'll see. It should definitely be a lot of fun. We'll see how good they actually are. Uh, I mean, you look at, around like the media landscape and people talking about the Bulls. Like obviously people are talking about them more, but they're still not totally sure how they're actually going to be. Uh, I think there are questions about how this whole roster will mesh. There are questions about the defense, but I think at the very least, they should be a lot of fun to watch. They should be hopefully really good offensively. Uh, and then if, again, we, I think we talked about this, this before, they can be like a borderline elite offense and then like just be merely competent defensively. That should be a team that can get in the playoffs and win whatever forties. Like I said, I don't think they're going to get the 50 wins that, uh, we did when I went, when we went through the schedule, but, uh, a very good offense and a competent defense, I think is doable with this roster and that can get them into the mid forties, maybe high forties if things go right this year. Absolutely. I saw Mark Stein in his newsletter today had the Bulls 15th yep. in his power rankings. And that's, I think that's, that's fair enough. Fair to me, the only team that was above the Bulls where I was like, I don't totally Knicks. know about that is the Knicks at 11. That was pretty high for the Knicks, but Tibbs is a killer regular season coach. We know that. I would not be shocked if the Knicks are the 11th best team in the regular season this upcoming season. Of course, I also think they got exposed a tiny bit in the playoffs with Julius Randle being uh, their main guy. And Tibbs has had some problems in the playoffs, too, in recent years. So we'll see Bulls versus Knicks. I expect those to be all-out battles. Yeah, with Kemba and Fournier, like, I mean, they got they added a little more offensive juice, so maybe they'll be a little better. We'll see, like, how like if Randall can replicate what he did. He obviously took a huge jump with his three-point shooting, this huge jump in general. Uh, like, I don't expect him to, like, all of a sudden fall apart, but he did, he did get kind of exposed in that playoff series, just – I don't want to ju- really judge a guy off b- based off one bad series, especially when there was so much uh, pressure on him. But yeah, I-, I think the Bulls could be better than Knicks. Like right now saying the Knicks are better than the Bulls, I think it's fine. The Bulls have been dog shit. Like the Knicks had a big season. Fine. Totally fine to think the, the Knicks will be- end up being better than the Bulls. But I think the Bulls also have the talent to possibly be better than the Knicks as well. So uh, it's going to be a battle in the East. I mean, uh, we've talked about this all the time. Like the East looks a lot better on paper. I mean, the Heat, a lot of people think the Heat are going to be like a top five team with the Lowry edition. The, we'll see if the Hawks can replicate their success and be really good again. Obviously, you got the top teams with the, with the Nets and the Bucks. We'll see what happens with Bed Simmons and the Sixers. That whole situation is still kind of up in the air. Simmons is issuing ultimatums, talking about holding out, not reporting to camp. Uh, but it seems like nobody wants, no team wants to give up what the Sixers want for him. Someone's going to have to crack at some point. Assuming it'll be the Sixers. Hey, uh, I wrote an article about this on SB Nation. Yeah, you did. I, saw yeah, I came up with nine Simmons trade packages and pulled the SB Nation team site communities on what they thought of my proposed deals. And then uh, our Philly blogger at Liberty Ballers, Paul, he ranked his favorite packages. So check out that story if you want more Ben Simmons stuff. But uh, Jace, season is approaching quickly. Yeah, it's only like what? Camp is a couple, three weeks away, a couple weeks away. Like it's another short off season after the, another fucked up schedule was uh was a covid uh yeah i mean the regular season starts october was at 19th in the nba and the bulls start a couple days later or the next day i can't remember exactly what it is yeah i mean it's basically a month and a half until the regular season starts. i'm excited uh and i do like having the longer off season sometimes just to kind of reload recharge the batteries but after all these moves and now the roster is basically set uh, they have another two-way guy. We'll see what happens at the end of the bench. If some of these guys cycle out, if someone makes the team over, a guy like Stanley, we'll see. If it is like a Matt Thomas. Uh, but it, the roster is basically set, and it's just a lot more exciting and a lot more fun. And I, I would love like preseason to start tomorrow. I'd, I'd love to watch these guys play uh, really soon here. I'm going to savor my few weeks of the offseason. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the it is, I mean, we got the, and we got the, we got the NFL coming up here starting this yeah. week. 
Uh, obviously, the Bears start uh, against the Rams. The probably baseball Rams playoffs too, baby. Fun time on the sports. Yeah, obviously for the White Sox, like we'll be in the playoffs. Cubs are hot. The Cubs are going to make some deep, uh, big run here to get back in the wild card race. Not, but it is hilarious. I don't even pay attention to the Cubs anymore, even though they've they've won like seven or eight games in a row or some shit now. Playing spoiler, good for the good for them. You got Frank the Tank Schwindel taking over the city. <laughs> too much Cubs talk for me on this podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, we do want uh, we did want to talk a little bit about. Uh, our good friend John Paxson uh, came out of the shadow. Whatever he's been doing, I don't even know what he does with the Bulls anymore. If he's just collecting the paycheck, uh, he came out, did a podcast. I believe it was with Stacy King. I did not listen to it. I saw that it happened. I scoffed at it openly on Twitter. I don't want to. Nothing against Stacy and having Pax on, but like I just don't really care what John Paxson has to say about the Bulls anymore. Uh, but uh, I did read the good guys over at Bleacher Nation Bulls always do great job covering the bulls and basically covering like every bit of stuff that happens to the bulls. They're on it. They did a nice little recap article about John Paxson's uh, appearance on the give me the hot sauce pot with Stacy King. Um, and I mean, he talked to, he just kind of went over this, what's happened over the last year and uh, how his like decision to fire himself. Finally talked about how uh, he took, obviously this was a kind of report at the time that he like, that Pax almost like took credit for, like saying that things had gotten stale and uh, I, on Twitter, I was like, well, this is like insert the hot dog guy. meme from, I think you should leave. Like who was the guy who did this? You John Pax. And you were the reason why this, the bulls had gotten totally stale, but that's obviously, that's what he talked about. Things had gotten stale. I told it to Jerry and Michael Reinsdorf and they made changes and now everything's great. Uh, they have a, the organizations are fresh. Now it was a much needed change, blah, 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 blah. Happy for the fans. Happy to see AK and Mark be aggressive. He's proud of them. Uh, and all that fun stuff. So I, I, in general, like I said, I didn't listen to it. I've just kind of read read the synopsis here. I really just do not give a crap what John Paxson has to say in general. Again, he was the one who, he was the reason why things had gotten so stale. I mean, just looking at how they built the team, the lack of aggressiveness, uh, the just kind of the lack of, with the, with the draft picks was, they obviously did, just kind of screwed that up. And on that note, I, w- I would like to say, we're talking about former Bulls, Chandler Hutchison got a two-way deal with the Phoenix Suns today. Uh, I'm kind of shocked that he actually did get another team to, to sign him, but uh, because he did get recently got traded to, I think the Spurs and they waived him and now he's going to the Suns on a two-way deal. He's failing up. Even if it is only a two-way deal to go to the defending Western conference champs, maybe he'll be on the campaign track. Uh, my buddy, John Maritello, shout out to him, brought that up to me and he'll somehow end up into a good turn into a good NBA player with the Suns after sucking with the bulls. But in general, again, like, yeah, I'm John, obviously he's right that things have gotten stale. Him and Gar Foreman were the reason for it. Just uninspired drafting, uninspired movement, uh, just moves in free agency, lack of aggressiveness, all that. So he definitely, definitely is right that it's a breath of fresh air, what AK and Eversley have done. You can disagree with some of the moves they've made with what they gave up for DeRozan, what, what the ceiling of this team is, and if this is the right approach. I'm just happy to, uh, that a front office has come in and just overhauled, and they, they needed to do it. They needed to be aggressive. They, ha- they got Zach Levine coming up in free agency. They wanted to prove that they can build a good team. They should be pretty good, uh, and we'll see. Any thoughts on that Pax interview, Ricky? Your your good friend John Pax. Yeah, this one quote I loved. Said, this is Paxson talking. Quote: In the last three four years, I realized, and I relayed this information to Jerry and Michael. We had become stale, and I knew that. The fact that we made the decision to look outside the organization, one of Jerry's great qualities, and Michael's the same way. They're loyal. They just are. 
And it's a wonderful thing. And we're very lucky to have ownership like that. But I always felt like it was my responsibility to be honest in terms of where I thought we were. I just felt like at time, I just felt at times there was a comfortability in how we were doing things. And maybe we're not looking at other ways to approach this thing. So in the last year and a half, since we made the change, it's been new life in the organization and it was needed. Wow. Super self-aware, John Pax. And like, yes, <laughs> you're the one who... Uh, is responsible for the absolute abomination that the Bulls were over the last four years. Worst record in the NBA over the last four years since trading Jimmy Butler. Congrats, John Pax, and that's on you. But, I mean, I truly think that the Ryan source would not have fired Paxson unless he fired himself. And that's why me and you had to name our podcast Cash Considerations. And that's why the fans had to chant fire guard Pax outside (laughs) of the stadium at the All-Star game. Uh, the Rhinosaurus needed public pressure to do this and not just public pressure. They needed Paxson to say, the fans are right. I do suck. I will quit. And you should hire someone who's not, uh, you know, Ron Harper to be the GM. Like you need to go outside of your comfort zone and try to find a new approach to building this thing up. The bulls needed it very badly. And they found it with Carnage shows. So John Paxson, first time I'll say this in my life. Salute to you, dude, for the self wow. knowing you suck and knowing that you needed to fire yourself. I said it in every interview I did during that period. John Paxson, you got to step down, bro. You're not cut out for this shit, homie. And he did. <laughs> the Bulls are in a better place because of it. So, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's about it for us today. We we will be back uh, tomorrow. We're going to be we're going to talk to Josh Everly, uh, NBA Twitter legend. Uh, he loves, I know he loves Zach Levine. We want to talk to a few outside people just to get their thoughts on what the bulls did this off season. So we'll be talking to him tomorrow for our next pod. Uh, and then obviously I, get th- I think we're going to try to talk to some other people coming up over the next, again, the training camp is coming up so quick, but we want to get a few other outside guests to get their thoughts on the bulls, give us the insight on some of the bulls, new players. So we're going to try to set up some stuff like that in the, in the coming weeks, uh, for the rest of this off season. But, uh, uh, Ricky, any other final thoughts here? Or should we uh, wrap this up? I think we're good. All right, awesome. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Uh, with the NFL season starting, please go check out all the great NFL pods uh, across the Blue Wire Network. Blue Wire is making big moves. I know we just had a few big hires. Uh, we got the podcast thing, uh, the studio going, the win in Las Vegas. Tons of great stuff happening across the Blue Wire Network. For us here at Cash Considerations, as always, Please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. That helps us. Let us know how we're doing as well. Leave comments uh, and all that all that good stuff. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those good places. Uh, for Twitter, you can follow me at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, so, again, we will be back again with another podcast tomorrow. We'll be talking with Josh Everly. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Take it easy. <laughs>